0: most of Elul is already gone but it's never too late person just going to try and arouse themselves and it's all to do with our arousing we have to arouse ourselves to do teshuvah, to come back to Hashem so let's use a mechanism which the rabbis always talk about which is the, the mechanism of what's called remez remez are hints I was going to use the hints in the Torah and the rabbis discuss five different hints in the Torah to Elul and we started talking about it earlier. Mishnah Brewer brings down two of them. So let's just discuss them one by one. So one of the most famous is a passage which we read in last week's parasha. Umar Hashem Hashem will circumcise your heart and the heart of your children. Right, so it's in Devarim chapter 30. Devarim chapter 30. Hashem will circumcise our hearts. Now what does that mean? It doesn't mean it's heart surgery. It means Hashem will remove the yetsaraf from our hearts, right? and this is predicted in the prophet Jeremiah, Yirmiya, and Navi, in one of the famous predictions where the Christians get the Brit Hadasha, where <laughs> totally, totally perverse explanation of the Navi. Navi says there'll be a new covenant, and the covenant will be in your flesh. Not a new covenant. It's not going to be a new book. It's going to be a new covenant in your flesh, and no man will need rabbis. No man will need to learn. It will be inside you. Intuitively, everyone will know God. Intuitively. So they're spending millions of dollars or billions of dollars to try and convert people. Obviously, it's not a covenant in the flesh. Right? There's a new covenant in the flesh, which is similar to this idea, this concept of circumcision of the heart, which is what is circumcision of the heart? Cutting out the evil of the heart. And that Hashem is going to do. Why? Because the person can try their best, but very few people reach that stage. David al-Merach reached that stage after a lot of adventures, mm-hmm. right? where he says, bikirbi, My heart is empty inside me. says, my heart is empty inside me. He reached the stage of circumcising his heart. So, it's, inter- it's an interesting Rambam, the laws of Brit Milah. He says, why do we have a mitzvah of Brit Milah of circumcision? And the answer he gives is, to tell us that just like we can circumcise and perfect our bodies, it's really an act of plastic surgery, we can perfect and circumcise our souls as well. We can perfect our souls. So just like the perfection of our bodies is in our hands, so too the perfection of a person's soul is in the hands. And that's what the first line tells us: Hashem <laughs> Hashem will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your children. And that is talking about Teshuva. When a person does teshuvah, they are in a in a sense, they are circumcising their hearts. Because I am trying to control my yitzara. I'm trying to do, Trying to be sorry for what I did in the past. I'm trying to turn a new leaf, I'm actually circumcising my heart. I am removing the bad from within myself. And that's really a very powerful idea. So that's the first hint of Elul, which is circumcision of the heart, which is teshuva. And we're going to talk about Berat Shuvah more gradually later on, because there's two different vehicles for teshuva. There's the vehicle of the Ramban, Nachmanides, which is in Parashat Nitzavim, Right? You will return to Lord your God, and it says it's not in the heavens and not in the earth, it's not far away. It's in your in your mouth and in your heart to do it. So Rambam explains as a mitzvah of teshuvah. Teshuvah is in the heart and in the mouth to do it. The person can do teshuvah in the head without doing anything. All it does has to do is think in the heads, please Hashem, I'm sorry, I want to do teshuvah, and that's it. It's, uh, it's done already, and there's a very famous gemara. The gemara is in Kiddushin. The gemara says we know there's a, a person who is he has a bad reputation, and in the under the chuppah he says you are married to me on condition I am a tzaddik. Is he married? Not married. Gemara says he married. Not married. The gemara says, he the gemara right. says maybe he thought to show at his head, and therefore he's married. Imagine. Salah is maybe yes, maybe no, and therefore he requires a get or another kiddushin. You can't, you can't live in a state of limbo. Are you married or not married? The person going to fix that that state. Either you give the get, go, or you get married again, do it properly. That's why there's no questions of marriage. But the, 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 the what we learn from the Gemara is even if he just thinks in his head, the Shuvah, he's a tzaddik. So you see, according to Ramban, it's very easy. He doesn't have to think in his head, you he don't even have to say anything. Obviously, it's better if you say something. That's the opinion of the Rambam. Rambam says the mitzvah of vidui is the mitzvah of teshuva. The mitzvah of teshuva is the mitzvah of vidui. Without saying vidui, without articulating your thoughts, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. A person that's not considered teshuva. Now, there's a very fascinating Rambam. Mm-hmm. And this Rambam is in chapter 2. I think it's Halachabet Bet of Hilchot Teshuva. The Rambam says, it's only teshuva if Hashem himself, the words he used is Yodea Talumot. If you're there, Talumor, which is the person, the one who knows the hidden things of the mind, guarantees that the person will never do it the thing again. It sounds very harsh, right? Only if Hashem guarantees that the person will never do it again, it's Teshuvah. So there's a beautiful Lechem Mishneh, which is one of the countries of The Rambam. Lechem Mishneh says, it's talking about at that moment. Hashem is not using His powers of telling the future. Hashem guarantees that at this moment right now he is sincere, whether he's going to repeat it or not repeat it. Hashem doesn't bring his knowledge of, of the future into play. Right now, did he do Teshuvah or not? Right now, did he make up his mind not to do it again? Hashem said, that's Teshuvah. That's what I'm tell to say. The one God gives witness, now, right now, he's about Teshuvah. What he's going to do in the future, Hashem, right now, I don't care. I'm just judging him on the future, right now, on the, on the Present. I'm, Hashem judges us at our present. If we are doing Teshuvah now, right now we are Tzadikim. Whatever happens in the future, that happens in the future. Hashem doesn't take that into account. How do we know? That's the first reading of Rosh Hashanah. The first reading of Parashal Rosh Hashanah deals with the story of Yishmael. Uh, Abraham Viru kicks out his Hagar and Yishmael. He kissed them out. Very harsh. Well, Wasn't his fault. His wife told him to. He listens to his wife. His wife says, "Throw them out." She says, He's going to corrupt it's hot going to corrupt Yitzhak. He doesn't want to do it. Hashem says, Kola sarah "Whatever Sarah tells you, listen to her voice." she says, "Over there, her voice." Kolah is referring to the voice of prophecy which is inside her. Yeah. We learn out that Sarah was a greater prophetess than Abraham. Interesting. Yeah. She was greater when it came to prophecy than Abraham. So, as he throws them out. And Ishmael is very, very sick. And Hashem sends an angel to show Hagar the water to heal Ishmael. is dying of thirst. So what happens? Why? And the angels ask God, why are you saving Ishmael? Imagine all our troubles today are from Ishmael. Right? All the troubles we have today with the Ishmaelites are from Ishmael. So why did Hashem save him? And the answer is Hashem judged him when he was there right then. Right then, he was a tzaddik, and Shem saved his life. Interesting. Obviously, different opinions and different perspectives, but that's what the Rashi says over there by Sheikh Husham. So, it depends on what you are now. If your teshuva is sincere right now, it doesn't matter what you're going to do in the future, your teshuva is accepted. And that's what we we're going to try. We have to try and bring ourselves to that point in Elul. You know, people wait for the last minute, it's not good you wait for the last minute, try and do Teshuvah. Listen, if you have a court case, you don't do your preparations before the court case. If you have a lousy lawyer, or whatever, he doesn't do his preparations, it's going to be a mess. So it's very important before the court case. The court case is Rosh Hashanah, which is interesting. And I'm going to talk about this on Shabbat, because Rosh Hashanah is one of the most hidden holidays. Nowhere in the Torah, number one, doesn't call it Rosh Hashanah, it calls it on the seventh month. On the first of the month, it'll be Yom Teruah. It's a day of blowing. That's it. What I say about Rosh Hashanah it doesn't say very much about Rosh Hashanah. We don't know it's a day of judgment unless the, until the Mishnah comes along and tells us the day of judgment. So Rosh Hashanah is very hidden. I'm going to talk about Al Shabbat. But one of the concepts we have is this concept of Teshuvah. Rambam, the, the Vildegon says, This is a tremendous Chesed that Hashem did for us. The mitzvah of Teshuvah is a tremendous. Chesed Imagine, If I smack you in the face and I come to you after and say sorry. Why I smash your car and I say sorry? Well, if it wasn't for this idea of teshuva that's inbred to us, why would I say? Why would I accept your forgiveness? Why would I forgive you? You damaged me. You ruined me. Why would I forgive you? And this is what Hashem is megaleh. Hashem is revealing to us this idea of teshuva, which is the biggest chesed you ever did. Right? And this is one of the big things that we diverge, diverge from from Christianity. Christianity says without blood we cannot be redeemed. Without the blood of the sacrifice cannot we be redeemed, and that's what it seems in the Torah. It's all about sacrifice. It's all about blood. However, we have another via another option, and that is teshuvah. And that's the Rambam, famous Rambam. Rambam says today we have no korbanot. We have no uh, uh, the, the 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 goat, the wild the goat that they pushed off the cliff, no scapegoat. All we have today is teshuvah in our arsenal we have Teshuvah so let's use Teshuvah properly and we said Teshuvah can be in the mind a person can be sitting in the, in the bus doing Teshuvah a person can be sitting in the train doing Teshuvah a person can be sitting every, anywhere they want just doing Teshuvah just thinking the words of, of Teshuvah is very precious in God's eyes because when a person is doing Teshuvah they are returning to Hashem it's very very powerful to return to Hashem because the worst feeling in the world is speeding down the wrong road it's happened to me a few times, I'm very impatient. The worst feeling in the world is speeding down the wrong road. It's happened to me. Missed coming down the turnpike, right, in haste, and I miss exit 9. Right? I'm going south on the turnpike, I miss exit 9. I gotta wait to exit 10. How far is that? It's so far, it's far. And then you gotta make a U turn and come all the way back. It's very, very harsh, it's very hard so it's like the worst fear in the world is to you miss your exit right? but that many people today are missing the exits and that's the problem the problem is we don't see we cannot see this concept of what hashem wants from us unless you learn torah and you're grounded in torah and, you're, and your uh, moral compass is the torah everything goes in america anything goes you can do what you want and society is falling apart basically people don't realize that society is falling apart. you can do what you want, whatever you want whatever you want and society falls apart because Families break apart and there's no real cohesive family unit anymore. And Children are broken inside. So these are one of the problems. Okay, so Teshuvah is going back to Hashem. Going back to Daddy, going back to Mommy, going back to our parents, our spiritual parents. So can you imagine a child leaves you or you throw the child out. The child's not behaving, throw him out. There's an option of the child going back to the parents. That's what Teshuvah is all about, going back to Hashem. So that's number one. Number two. Ani l'dodi v'dodi that's very famous, everyone knows that, that's a remez for Elul. Ani l'dodi mm-hmm. lamed, v'dodi vav li, Elul. And the last letters of Ani l'dodi are Yud, 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 Yud. Four Yuds, which is gematria, Yud is 10, so four Yud is 40, which is the 40 days of Elul. So 40 days of Elul is the four the, 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 the four Yud's of Ani l'dodi v'dodi the, the four final letters. And the first letters ali, spell out the word elul elul is ali, what does that mean that is talking about tefillah ali, do, di, do, is referring to this idea of the because when are we closest to hashem so okay we have to we can go back to hashem but say you haven't left hashem how do you cling to hashem and the answer is you cling to hashem by tefillah when a person is in the middle of tefillah this is that's the hard part of tefillah the hardest part of tefillah is to imagine yourself talking to Hashem. So we go through the motions, but in the head, are we really talking to Hashem? So people are talking to Hashem, but they're thinking their own thoughts. They're thinking about their own worries. Hey, one second, you're talking to Hashem. What are you worried about? You're talking to the most powerful being. I mean, we have no concept of infinite power. Right? Our, our grasp of infinity is, unless you're a theoretical mathematician, right? Even then, the grasp of infinite. Is something which you know blows the mind. We can't even think about in terms of infinite. Right? If you think the Earth is big, it's nothing. It's a little ball in the middle of, in the middle of the Milky Way, and um, in the Milky Way is a little ball in the middle of the whole universe. So it's tiny. We have to expand our minds to think of the infinite. Hashem controls the infinite. He's the All-Powerful over the All-Infinite, as the Kabbalah say, ends off. There is no boundaries for Hashem. Hashem is, so a person talking to Hashem, but they're thinking different thoughts. They're really not talk, thinking about Hashem. They're not talking to Hashem. You can't talk to Hashem and have other thoughts. I'm talking about myself. It's so hard to have real concentration in tefillah. So tefillah is... It's really catching up. He's making that bond with Hashem. And the thing is, the only trouble is, we really bond with Hashem when we're in trouble the only time people really pray with all their hearts and that's our problem and that's why people get troubles and if Hashem wants to hear from you he gives you troubles it's ironic Hashem he shouldn't have to give us troubles to have to hear from us because Hashem, we should all be talking to Hashem all the time without any troubles but the irony is it's not the same when you talk to Hashem with troubles they talk to Hashem without troubles so a sick person who is talking to Hashem is talking to Hashem on a different level than a person who is healthy and walking around. A person who has financial troubles is talking to Hashem on a different level than a person who has no financial troubles. So whatever our troubles are, we can use them to talk to Hashem better, to communicate with Hashem, to com- to contact Hashem. And if we make Hashem our beloved, Hashem says, I'll make you my beloved. So it's a two-way street. And it's like uh, Hashem is David Abinah calls Hashem. Hashem tzilichal Hashem is your shadow. Does not mean Hashem is your shadow? Whatever you do, Hashem emulates you. Midah kenegimidah. You walk towards him, he walks towards you. You walk away from him, he walks away from you. yom, you Hashem says, you leave me for one day, I leave you for two days. Why? Because you're going away one day, I'm going away one day. It's two days away. Two people taking a journey, one day, one day each. So it's already two days separation. So I the same thing. That's how Hashem is. Midah kareg mida. So li. We have to connect in this month with Hashem so we have extra prayers. The hard part again is we have quantity. We don't have quality. It's got to be quality. It's very hard to focus the mind at six in the morning or whatever it is. But we It's very hard. But it helps when you're with a group and it helps when there's tunes and it helps when it's loud and... Some concentration comes in. It helps. But it's uplifting this concentration. So that is Anid. So we had two verses so far. We had the verse of Teshuvah which is Zarecha. Hashem will circumcise your heart, the heart of your children. And number two is we had Anidib which we said is Tefillah. Number three. Three things break an evil decree. What are the three things? Teshuvah. Tefillah, and Shiddaka. Saraka, where is Sadaka mentioned? And the answer is in Megillat Esther. In Megillat Esther, mm-hmm. it says, in chapter nine, ish Ish u'matanot vav Here we have Elul. Where is Elul? Elul is, in the verse speaking about Chesed. Giving it to someone else, so we have this concept of three things to. It's interesting, In the three per- verses that give us the hint to Elul, you have these three concepts. You have the concept of Teshuvah, Umal Hashem You have the concept of Tefillah, right, which is and you have the concept of Saraka, which is in the Megillah, Matanot. Giving gifts to each other and giving gifts to the poor. Now there's another verse which is interesting. Because it doesn't seem to have any bearing on Elu. So it says, This is in Bamir It talks about, in Parshat Matot, which talks about laws of vows. Which is interesting because we're going to see vows are very important, critical during this time. A person should not profane their words. Whatever comes out of your mouth, you should do. A person should be truthful. A person to try and be truthful. Now what's interesting is, Elul is the last letters of this. Lo, Lamed, Aleph. Yachel, make profane. Yud, Chet, Lamed, Lamed, Aleph, Lamed. Lamed the last letter is vav. last letter is lamed. Elul is from the last letters of these four words, not the first letters. So the question is why? Why are these from? No, Elul is normally from the first letters. Why is it the last letters? And the answer is because the custom is to do hatarat d'arim before Rosh Hashanah, and Rosh Hashanah is the end of Elul, not the beginning of Elul. So the hint is to vows, to annulling vows. Elul is at the end of the word. Beautiful. This is amazing. Beautiful. It's uh, that the hint gives to us exactly. The hint is Elul is at the end of the words to tell you that you do hatar darim at the end of Elul, not beginning of Elul. The question is why do we do hatar darim? What's hatarat darim got to do with Rosh Hashanah? And the answer is very simple. We are making New Year resolutions. But how can God trust our New Year resolutions? with guy's a liar. So before we can make New Year resolutions, we have to do teshuva for making our lies. How do you do for lies? And the answer is you make Hatara Darim. In case you made a vow and didn't fulfill the vow, Hatara is actually annulling the vow, approving the vow from the beginning. So it doesn't just stop the vow take effect from now on. It works backwards. And therefore, even though I transgressed this vow many times, if I annul it backwards, there's no vow but there still is some kind of transgression because the person, they know there's no vow when he transgressed. But nevertheless, it removes a big burden of transgression. And therefore, Hatan Darim is very, very critical to being successful at Teshuvah. Because our Teshuvah is based on our resolutions, our Teshuvah is based on what we're going to do in the future. And if we're liars, Hashem says, well, we have a track record, boy. How <laughs> can I trust you? You have a very bad track record. So annulling vows is so critical that the beginning of Yom Kippur is... Kalnidrei. It's actually Kalnidrei because it's in Aramaic. Kalnidrei. All our vows are we made. Right? I know. la ve They're not here and they're not valid. We annul all the vows. It's interesting. We started Yom Kippur by annulling vows. Why? Again. We're doing Teshuvah Yom Kippur. It's all about Teshuvah. Teshuvah is all about, I'm going to Rambam at least, Vidui. What is vidui? The word vidui comes from the word Vada'i. It's actually this week's Parashah, kitab This Vidui Masroth, person gave all their tithes. They come to God. We definitely, the word definite, Vada'i. If you go to Israel, the, every other word is Vada'i, Vada'i, Vada'i. <laughs> sure, for sure. Definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Vada'i, Vidui is, I'm definite. Hashem, I'm definite. I am so sorry. I am so, I regret so much. I'll never do it again, Hashem. Ah, but a guy's just talking. He's just saying things. He's not serious. She says, the guy's got a bad track record. He breaks all his vows. I don't trust him. So before that, we do Hatar Darim. That's the reason why it's mentioned over here. Elul is mentioned over here. In the last letters of this verse, tell you, you do Hatar Darim towards the end of Elul, before Hashanah. And then again, we do it on, on Yom Kippur, and we do it before Yom Kippur as well. Now, what's interesting is, the fifth pasuk, And this pasuk is talking about cities of refuge. Interesting. Cities of refuge, which is in Parashat Mishpatim, in Shemot chapter twenty-one. Very famous chapter. You have three tractates of Gemara based on this chapter twenty-one of Shemot. Of uh, talks about bavakamah, bavetsia, bavatrah. Three tractates to do with civil laws, based on this very, very powerful and very, very brief form parasha called Mishpatim, which is given just after Matan So it tells you that what? you got the Torah, focus on laws between man and man. Before you go to God, you've got to focus on man and man. We've got to practice on people. If I can't love my fellow Jew or my fellow person, how can I love God? If I can't do good to a human being, how can I do good to a non-human being? If I can't talk nicely to my fellow human being, how can I talk nicely to Asher? So anyway, in the middle of this parasha, the Torah tells us, it talks about a person who sinned and killed by accident because it kills by accident what is killing by accident how do you kill by accident? and the answer is a person is chopping with an axe and the axe head is loose and it flies and kills him. so why is he liable to run away he's going to run away to the refuge he's not a murderer because he doesn't want to do it he does he's not first to be a murderer right he had no intent to kill so he was chopping with faulty axe. He knew his axe was faulty. And he kept chopping. And therefore, the punishment is he's going to run to the city of refuge. Ir Miklat. So over here, in that pasuk we have, hint to Elun. Right? So that's, that's what it says. He wasn't hunting the person. And Hashem created this person to be next to him. I will put a place for you to run there. Right? So the word Inaliado liado lamad with some tears above, lach lamed elul. So you have elul over there in that verse as well. Why? Because elul is the city of refuge. Our city of refuge. The whole year we're running around, running around, running around, doing all kinds of things. Comes elul, run to elul, quickly run to elul, and use elul as a mechanism by which to get refuge. Elul is our city of refuge. From all the trials and tribulations around us. Elul is, if we use it properly, if we use it properly. You know, it's already three quarters of the way over. I mean, we just have to get the last, last. Uh, you know, we're trying to do the sprint and catch up and beat the guy who started running before us. We're trying to sprint now. Now's the time to sprint. Elul. Suppose we're going to put all the energies into teshuvah. It's so hard. It's so hard. The yitzra is so hard to get over this because the easier it is for us to do Shiva, the harder the Yetzirah becomes. So Elul is easier, it's harder. There's more distractions. And the biggest distraction is Labor Day weekend. You know, if I had a choice, I would abolish Labor Day weekend in Elul. Put it somewhere else. <laughs> Make it a different month. Make it a Cheshvan. Don't put it in Elul. They ruin our Elul for us. Everyone goes away, and they go, who knows where they go, and what they do. It's, it's cool. very hard. It's very hard to have a vacation in Elul and do it right. Where you going to find? You're going to find a minion. You're going to do a silly in your, your vacations. So, Elul. Elul is a very, very important time. And uh, it's uh, interesting. Gemachi of Elul. What is the Gemachi of Elul? 67. 67. What is the Gamachi of the word? Bina. 67. Elul is meant to bring us back up to the Madriga of Bina. Because Bina is where Teshubah <coughs> goes. Bina is the Kiseya Kabod. goes all the way up to the Kiseya Kabod. Bina. So Elul is Bina. For those who know a little bit of Kabbalah, Bina is the one of the Sefirot, the highest Sefirot. Highest you have Keter Chokma Bina. So Bina is number three. Bina is where our thoughts go up to. Because that's teshuva, they're, they're, they're uh, linking themselves to the Mida of Bina. That's where the Teshuvah is going to go. That's the address for Teshuvah, the Bina. So Elul is Gemarcha Bina. It's telling you, hinting to us that we have to bring our thoughts to that level of Teshuvah. Okay. So that's interesting. Very, very fascinating. These five different hints to Elul in different pesukim, and what they hint to. So let's just recap. We have Teshuvah, we have Tefillah, we have Sadaqah. Then we have hatarat Darim and then we have the general concept of Refuge. Elul is refuge. Why? Because the Passover talks about city refuge very much as Elul. Okay. So I heard a very beautiful story. A great this is a great story. Um, as Robert Riyati would say, it's a true story that never happened. Right? So you have this guy, Yeshiva boy, decides he's gonna go out into the wide world to make to earn his fortune. Make his fortune. Right? You know, these British stories, you know, Dick with and others, they go into the wide world to make their fortune. So, here's the Yeshiva boy is going out to the wide world to make his fortune, and he's running around the globe, globe trotting, as these Israelis want to do after the army, and he goes to the outside after the army, and he goes, he goes to all over the place. He ends up in Hungary. Hungary is very cheap, by the way. A lot of Israelis, Hungary, Romania, they're buying things, they're doing things. So, there, he's in Hungary. He goes to Hungary, and what does he do? He wants to invest. So he's looking in the papers, he's going to people around. What should I invest in? So he gets an offer to buy a glass bottle fa- factory. A glass bottle factory. Cheap. Yeah, there's a big demand for glass bottles, at least in those days. Today it's more plastic, than those yeah. days, glass oh, bottles. Coca Cola. Boy, if you can get a Coca Cola order for glass bottles in those days, they're still making glass bottles. Yeah. So he buys this glass making factory. Only problem is, it's only producing 200 bottles an hour. He wants to make money, so he brings in engineers and he buys the best machinery, and the best engineers. And today he have software engineers to write the program for the machine to work, and he gets this machine cranking up to 3,000 bottles an hour. Imagine, it goes from 300 bottles an hour to 3,000 bottles an hour, and after six months, after a year, he's making fortunes. Making for selling bottles, selling stuff, thousands of bottles an hour, three thousand bottles an hour, and he's a, he's very very wealthy, very very wealthy now. He's Doing very well, he's very wealthy. He gets married, he has children, he sends money to Yeshivod. Everything's going well. After five years or so, he finds the number of bottles being produced is going down. It so goes down twenty nine hundred an hour. Then it goes down twenty eight hundred an hour. Heard the story? And what happens? Because all the engineers, software engineers, this engineer, go fire, what's going on in my factory? What's going on with the machines? They all come back, nothing wrong with the machinery. Machinery is fine. Machinery is fine. What do they do? Doesn't know what to do. He's praying, Hashem, please help me. Nothing these guys, they don't know they can't help me. The engineers don't help me. Every every week it's going down 100, 100 bottles less an hour. He's losing he's gonna lose a lot of money. Potential profit. Okay. In the meantime, who comes to him? One of his former friends in yeshiva. And this guy stayed as being a rabbi. Now he's collecting money for his yeshiva. He comes to his friend. He says, please, I need a donation. The guy says, please help me. I don't know what's going on, my bottle factory. Instead of producing 3,000 bottles an hour, it produces now 2,800. And it's going down. Every day it's going down. It's going down. Watch it, going down. I don't know what to do. The engineers can't help me. No one can help me. He says, no problem. I'll fix it for you. Give me a screwdriver. What's going on? Yeshiva boy, give me a screwdriver. He wants to fix my. What's going to do? Two hours later, he says, "I fixed it." So what? You fixed it in two hours? No one can fix it. So try it. Count how many bottles now. Sure enough, goes back three thousand bottles an hour. So listen, this is too good to be true. Let me wait another hour. Now the next hour also, three thousand bottles an hour. Three thousand bottles an hour. So you fixed it. Tell me how you fixed it. You're this with a screwdriver. So listen, he says, you got to know. Then anyone who has machinery operating all the time, the screws and the nuts and bolts get loose. Oh, well, it's just time. Even though it's the best machine in the world, it needs a tune-up. So these guys are focusing on the engineering and the software, but the machine itself is working non-stop, 24 hours a day. It needs a little tune-up. What happens is the screws come loose. So wherever there's a screw, I take the screw off and I tighten the screw. That's what I did. I tighten every single screw in your machine, and the machine is running perfectly now. So, my friends, this is the analogy of Elul. Elul is, we running for a whole year, well, 11 months. This is the last Rosh Hashanah, the last top up, so that's the last spiritual excitement. And we need to tune up our spiritual souls. And that's what Elul is for. Elul is to tune up, we have to tune ourselves up. And then, from Elul, we can move into Tishrei. Now, it's interesting, there's a beautiful midrash. The midrash says, and listen to this midrash, but don't take it literally. It sounds very easy. The midrash says, when the Jews dress up in their good clothes and they go to synagogue, they are assured, guaranteed forgiveness. <laughs> sounds too good, right? Make sure you're dressed in good clothes. You go to shul and you're dressed in good clothes. What's going on here? So I heard someone explaining. Says Rabbi Shal says, says when all the Jews go to shul together is they get along. When all the Jews get along. they go to shul together. They're guaranteed forgiveness. That's why we saw Salanta spin on it, on the Midrash. Midrash doesn't say that. Midrash says they all dress up and they go to shul and they're happy. They're forgiven. Now, there's another explanation that is, and that's a very, very important point. This is the time of the year we have to build up our bitachon in Hashem. We have to build up our faith in Hashem that Hashem is Erachapim. That's why thirteen attributes is very important at this time. He's El, which is a very powerful God. El is a God of power and forgiveness and kindness. Rachum, merciful. Okay, straight right there, right there. Era Khapim, Rachel Hashem does kindness. A person trusts in God's kindness, Hashem says, Since you trusted in my kindness, that's gonna power your, your forgiveness. Your forgiveness will be powered by your trust. The more trust we have in Hashem's kindness, the more forgiveness we have. Okay, I just want to tell you a few stories over here. There's a beautiful story. The Benish Chai brings down the story um, of a king who had a son who was very sick. I think the cover time also brings down the story. I don't know if the Kavad-Eshchai saw the Benish eshchai story, but it's very, very similar. The king had a son who was very sick, and the son is getting sicker and sicker and sicker, and the doctors can't help. So the king proclaims, anyone who can heal my son the doctor just left us. He can heal my son, I'll reward him. I'll give him anything for my treasury. All the doctors give up. They try their best, to give up. Nothing. All of a sudden a simple guy comes along, so I can help him. Okay, try. If you can help him, I'll give you whatever you want for my treasury. So he comes, he gives them, he finds some kind of herbs. So an expert herbs. And he comes and he gives the kid herbs, 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 herbs. Every day the kid's getting better and better and better. Finally the kid is healed. And then the king says, hey, you get one whole day in my treasury, you can take whatever you want. It's all yours. Because you heal my son, he's my only son. He's the light of my life. Take whatever you want from my treasury. What happens is, his uh, the king's advisors come to him, it's impossible. Said King, he says, think about it. This guy will come and empty out your treasury. You know, you worked so hard to fill up your treasury, and your father's filled up so hard, and your grandfather worked so hard, and you're going to get it all in one day. So what can I do? Is that he said, I already promised. See, I yes. but let's see a way to divert this guy's attention. Let's go and find out more about the person and see what their weaknesses are. Okay, so they go find out about this guy. Ah, he likes music. Okay, that's good. He likes good food. That's good. He likes parties. Good, fantastic. Now we have a plan. King, we have a plan. Let's create a diversion. On the day he's going to go to the treasury to get all the, all the gold and silver and all the jewels, we're going to make a party right outside the treasury. And good food and good music and good dancing and let's see. So the guy comes that day. He's got the whole day to go to the treasury. He brings his bags and sacks with it to fill up. And on the way to treasury smells. Hi, good food smells. Going What's going on up here? He has music. Good music. Good inside are party So, there's a good party over here. He says, What's the entrance fee over here? the entrance fee is free. The king put on a party for all his subjects here. Allow anyone can come and enjoy. So let's say so I got the whole day. Let me go for a couple of hours. <laughs> so he goes for a couple of hours, and the couple of hours turn into the whole day, nearly the whole day's gone. He remembers the last half hour he remembers what he's meant to do he, you know he fills up the sacks like crazy but he hardly achieved anything he comes outside and he finds the party was just framed they're all over there clapping <coughs> we tricked you we fooled you says that is this world this world is we're here for a mission but the trouble is Hashem puts on diversions for us so the mission is to break through those diversions. Imagine you're in the army, you're in the you're in the special forces, and you have a special task, or even better, a spy. The United States puts a spy in Vietnam. He's there for thirty years. You know what? After thirty years, he forgot what he's doing there. He got married. He started business. Start corporation So they send a CIA guy to go track him down. What's going on? He stopped sending us messages. So the CIA guy goes to him and says, "Gosh, he said, I forgot I was a spy." how mm-hmm. many spies just settle in and they forget what their job is everything's going well for them in their own personal lives they forget what their mission is same thing we forget our mission so Elul comes along and that's why we need the shofar the shofar is the reminder of our mission the shofar is a Ramam says it's an alarm clock it's a spiritual alarm clock to wake us up to do our mission so it's a very important concept the shofar is alarm clock and that brings me to the next story of Benishchai Benishchai says the story he says there was a big merchant left his family, took his money and took his things to buy goods from abroad. Goes on the boat, and the boat, they're not in a rush. They go to every port, and, and, he, and they come to a port in a desert island. The captain says, We need to rest. Everyone get off, but we're leaving it in five hours' time, whether you're here or not. The boat is leaving. This guy, the businessman, gets off as well. Everyone gets off the boat. And he had five hours, he says, let me take a nap. It's beautiful weather. So let me take a nap under the palm tree. He goes under the palm tree. He goes to sleep. And the boat leaves without him. Now he's stranded in this desert island no boat. By himself. What would you do if you're stranded in a desert island in a boat? Seems was a smart guy. What he does is he climbs the tallest tree he can find. And at night, he looks for lights. Brilliant. If you're stuck in a desert island, use this technique. It's a very, very cool. good technique. <laughs> Today you just use your GPS or your phone, whatever it is, but there's no, there's no cell phone, no, no cell service. So what do you do? You look for light. So he looks for light and he sees far away, he sees a glimmer of light. So he runs with the last strength, for days, 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 runs, a few days, so he gets to this house in the middle of nowhere, palace, it's a palace. Knocks on the door, the butler opens the door, what can I do for you? Can I need this, I need food, I'm starving. So come in and speak to the master of the house, he speaks to the master of the house, the master of the house says, no problem, you got it. Need food? You got food. Rings the bell on his table. He's got a bell on the table. Ding, 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 ding. A line of servants come. Yes, master. What do you need? You need. This guy can food, but he can't eat food. You give him fruit juice. He gets strong, and you he'll be able to eat food. No problem. He gives him fruit juice. Now put him in bed. It's another group of servants come. They give him a shower. Put him, put him in a nice bed. He's sleeping now. Then sleep for three days. And he's uh, has good food, and he's sleeping, and he's eating, and he's, he's getting back his strength. He goes back to his strength. And the guy, the owner of the house, what a great guy. He says, well, what can I do for you? i give you food, i give you bedding, what can I do for you? He said, well, I want to go home. Can you find out how to get home? How am I, I going to go? The guy says, don't worry, I'll get you a coach. Horses, I'll provide everything for you to go home. Boat, everything to go home. And whatever you want, you can take from here ask me what you want whatever you want so the guy says the one, I, one thing i want the most is a bell like yours <laughs> i want that bell you ring the bell everything happens i want a bell like yours. so the guy says servant ding 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 get me a bell just like this and the servant says, bell okay brings a beautiful bell same exact duplicate of this bell and the guy says no i don't want that bell i want your bell <laughs> sure take my bell anything else you want I said, no, I said, that's all I want, it's a belt. Okay, gets him a coach. Uh, coach, horses, goes back home. In the meantime, his uh, family are missing him, and they don't have any food, no clothing, no nothing, no money. Daddy, welcome back, Daddy. Have you brought us food, clothes? No problem, he says, make a big party. But how, will you have no money to rent a horse? All credit, take credit. Definitely, no problem. Make a big party, invite the whole world. But well, what about food? Don't worry about food. Just get the hole. Don't worry about food. Everything's under control. Okay. So they the big party, everyone's in the hall. He comes in the hall. Where's the food? Where's the this? Don't worry. Takes out his bell, puts it on the table. Ding 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 ding. Looking around, where's the servants? Nothing happened. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> have enough that? Ding 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 ding. <laughs> the bell doesn't work on its own. Right. So that's the parable Ben Hishchai says, a shofar by itself is worth nothing. If the shofar doesn't wake you up, if the shofar doesn't arouse a person to teshuva, it's just a bell going off with nothing happening. So that's our task is to sensitize ourselves to the shofar. Elul is a time to sensitize ourselves to this wake-up call. The wake-up call of Elul. So it's a very powerful idea. That So Elul is a month of mercy and forgiveness. And it's a gift that Hashem gave us with His great mercy. And if we use it properly this month, for sure we will have a very good year. For sure. If we use this month properly, it's guaranteed we're going to have a good year. So it's very, very important to use this month properly. This is the time where the King of the World gave us to come to Him and He opened the doors for us and if not now, when? If not now, when? However, the Yitzhak caused the person to dream and to waste our lives in vanity. You know, it's interesting. I was in I was in London visiting my mother, and she's in an old age home. And I usually don't see these things, but in an old age home, you know, they show things for the for the elderly people. So they showed over here an orchestra. This is a world famous orchestra. I don't know who the guy is. He's an Italian guy. He went to Brazil, and they showed the whole video of his orchestra in brazil and the antics they perform and uh, all sorts of gimmicks they have and entertaining so you have people over there crying literally crying with tears you know the, the songs are so moving for them and the music is so good that you see, see people wiping their tears all, away all the time right and they're attracted by the music of the songs and this and that and that's they spend uh, no, an hour and a half of their lives over there they're attracted by the songs and the music if you think about it in the big th- scheme of things a waste of time, because you're not achieving anything in the service of God in that time they're spending listening to the music. So it's all this are just gimmicks to keep a person occupied, keep them out of mischief. Okay, it's very good to keep people out of mischief, but if you're keeping them away from doing good as well at the same time, that's where the problems are. And that's our lives. Our lives are full of these gimmicks today. We have a lot of things that remove a person from really, what is my mission in the world? That's what Elul is all about. Elul is a time to refocus our lives. What did God put me in this world for? What is my mission in the world? So Arizal gives us a few pointers. Number one point is, we got six hundred and thirty bits of work. That's a lot of things to do. Yeah, a lot of things to do. Number two is, result says, we're here to fix something. It's called the tikkun. We're here to make a tikkun. And what is our tikkun? Our tikkun is our, tikkun is our failings, our weaknesses. We are here to fix, that's our tikkun. We are here to fix our failings. But says, you know what? I have this feeling, this feeling, this Well, that's what your job is. Your job is here to fix your feelings. So we have to try and fix our feelings. It's so hard. One month, so whatever's left of this month. So number one is we have to arouse ourselves. That's number one. And how do you arouse yourself? And the answer is very simple. One word: Musar, 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 Musar. Person does not learn Musar, they're lost. As the uh, man went to the, to the, to the Chafetz Chaim, he says, Rabbi, he says, I only have 10 minutes a day to learn. What should I learn? Chafetz Chaim says, learn Musar, and you'll find you have more time. Right? Because we waste our time. So, person we Musar, will say, Listen, let's learn another 10 minutes. Let's learn another 20 minutes. So it's very, very important. Now is the time to learn Musar. And we have major, major books of Musar, but stick to a few of them. I would recommend, number one, is to read the Rambam's Hilkot Teshuvah, and we're going to talk more about it on Shabbat and other classes in the future. you have a question? Yeah, if, if you fix your tikkuns earlier in life, that means you're living a shorter life? Or? Not necessarily, because you fix your tikkun for yourself, what about your tikkun for other people? Mm-hmm. Right, so even a person who fixed their own mission, there's no end to how much you can lead by example. There's no end. There's no end to it. I just heard... Someone told me today that if you fix your tikkun in Israel, you have to fix your tikkun outside Israel as well. Vice versa. Mm-hmm. The reason I did this tikkun outside Israel, Hashem said, now nah go to Israel. Do your tikkun in Israel. So every country has got a different tikkun. So, uh, we have a lot of work to do, and it's one And the time is very short. We'll be successful in uh, to fix our thing these 40 days. Mm-hmm. So Thank you. <coughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs>